In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And uh, I was going to message you so many times this week about what I was witnessing, but I didn't because... You could have. I know, but I didn't want to... I'm sure my assistant would have would have said uh, I could take that call if I had an assistant. I didn't want to ruin the... Surprise. The freshness. That's Well, yeah. I am I am funky fret. If you I are. if I'm anything. You are. And so there is a Star Trek in particular I've, that I've heard of this <laughs> that I always associate with you and me. And this Star Trek in particular is called Star Trek 5: The Final Frontier. Yes. No. Star Trek The Next Generation. Enterprise. Okay. Well, I was going to get there eventually. (laughs) And so we're going to discuss Star Trek Enterprise for many reasons. And I'm going to start by talking about my child, Anna Grace, who has kind of sort of seen a lot of it because Jim and I have been rewatching it. And I'll explain that as well, too. And she just happened to say, why is the Vulcan not wearing a Starfleet uniform? Simple question. Fifteen minutes later, I think we may have answered it, and her response was, you guys are nerds. That's uh, that's why no one asks me Star Trek questions anymore, because they don't get off, get off with a 15-minute answer. They, they get out with me just going, hold on, let me get the PowerPoint. All right, we had to pause it, and I had to make sure she understood where it was chronologically. Uh, well, if you'll notice in the movie Star Trek First Contact, when they, they make it after they, uh, they see Zephram Cochran. I, I, I was talking about Zephram Cochran. Engaging I, the warp drive, uh, the Vulcans are the first contact, and they decide to shepherd and police the uh-huh. the humans into the glaven. That's, glaven. That's, what I, that's what I sound like to people yes. when they ask questions <laughs> so like I, um, I tried to explain just where it all went. You couldn't have just said because she didn't join Starfleet. I said, well, it's more than that. Because you're hearing names you know. I mean, I, my, really, in my head, there is a short answer. And I know what the short answer is. But I feel like if you wanted the short answer, you could have Googled it. Yeah, you, you came to me this. because you wanted to hear what I was going to say. Now, do you know the actual name of the title of Star Trek Enterprise? Well, depending on what season you're talking about. In the first three seasons, it was just Enterprise. By season On season four, they changed the name to Star Trek Enterprise. So it really depends on when you're asking me that question. I'm asking you the one that we always sing. Oh, what you're was t- it called? You're talking about Faith of the Heart? You knew it was called Faith of the Heart. Yes. Now that's impressive. <laughs> it's been I a do. long time. This, I mean, we're talking about like the day after it premiered, I am in the station singing it I know. at the top of my lungs, probably while Jane is looking for cotton balls or anything to stuff in her ears. <laughs> just be like, my goodness, why won't he stop? So the reason I bring this up is because Star Trek Enterprise, I might even say the much maligned, 
But the sometimes maligned Star Trek Enterprise is on in its entirety on Hulu. And as my husband has it on, I'm beginning to think, I said, wait a minute. I don't remember how they ended that. And he goes, don't you remember? Remember how Paramount had that problem and it was pulled from the area and we never got to see the last season? And all that anger came rushing back. Oh, and I had just had a baby. So I kind of was occupado. And then I watched season four of Enterprise. And then I watched the last episode of Enterprise. Now, before I rail... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend it for a second, but then I'm also going to go on your side and not defend it. If this was any other thing but the final episode of the series, this is a oh, fantastic yeah. Yeah. concept. And yes, you, you are coming I totally from, agree. You are coming from like probably the biggest Commander Riker fan there is. Telling me that you're going to put Jonathan Frakes into an episode of Enterprise? Yes. Like... Playing his character from, it's, I believe it's season six mm-hmm. uh, of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is my favorite television show of all time. I'm in. However, this was not just like episode of the week. This wasn't right. episode seven of season four. This was the last episode of Star Trek Enterprise. And for the better part of, was it 11 11 or 12 years, mm-hmm. it was the last episode of Star Trek, period, until Discovery mm-hmm. is launched. The The cast, the main cast of Star Trek Enterprise gets to be background characters in their own final episode. Yes. And one of my favorite characters was played by Connor Trenier. Who played Trip? Who played Trip? Trip Tucker III. And... What I liked about his character in Enterprise, for me, I liked that he was, I liked that he was different because he had an accent, but it wasn't a, it wasn't, well, I don't know if he actually has an accent, but the character had a good old boy approach, but it wasn't. That's, that's the perfect description. Yeah, like he wasn't a stupid redneck. James Doohan, like borderlined on parody mm-hmm. whenever he was playing Scotty, especially when you get to like the movie era. Connor Trenier really felt like one of those guys I know that can put a truck together with like eight different models of mm-hmm. trucks and get it to work. That's that's the guy like you just happen to have this good old boy right here just being like, well, if we do this and we mm-hmm. uh, we put that together and it's not in an offensive, like right. stupid, like like he'll 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 redneck kind of way. He was just he had a little bit of a southern draw and he was good at putting stuff together. And I am still I'm not going to say outraged, but disappointed. He looked so much to me like he should be in a movie with our friend from Men in Black as his son, as him younger, anything. They reminded me of each other, the way they looked and the way they talked. But they they never do. I know. I'm just I'm just saying, like, I didn't mean to crush your hopes. He's still alive. And like I, I really think because of the just the the outpouring of negative that this show got hit with was so uncalled for. Like okay By the s- way, Tommy Lee Jones. Scott Scott Bakula. <sighs> like I'm telling you, when they announced that, I think it's the only time all the fanboys just shut up and just went Okay. All right, well that's good. Yeah, well we're we're behind you on that one. 
like it's the if it's not the highest ratings UPN ever got in its short life as a network, Voyager's pilot episode may have surpassed it. But I want to say Enterprise, if it's not first, it's second. Like this thing started out really strong, huge mm-hmm. ratings. Uh, Scott Bakula as the captain, but. I really feel like a lot of the problems that Voyager eventually ran into, like the great thing about being Deep Space Nine, A, it's in syndication. B, it's not it's not the the pilot or the the flagship of the uh-huh. network. So like they're not interfere like Deep Space Nine basically they're like, Okay, did anybody get killed today on set? No? Okay. Do what you want, um, and make us money. Like Deep Space Nine got to go under the radar, and I guarantee uh-huh. you, they got away with a ton of stuff because oh, of yeah. the Star Trek: The Next Generation. That was Paramount's baby. We're about we're about to put the old crew out to pasture. You're going to inherit the the movie franchise. Star Trek: Voyager was the flagship of the uh-huh. then fledgling UPN. Enterprise was like taking that from. So you've got every chef at at Paramount wanting to put their their finger in the pudding and just be like mm, it's uh no it's missing this you need to put this Poor in Bacula. you need you need you need to put this in there when having just rewatched star trek enterprise and adam and i of course have seen all of the series many times but having watched it away from having had time away i think that enterprise may be one of the best Star Trek series in the way that Enterprise was knew what it was doing and they were just going to explore and uh, they were kind of on their own. There wasn't a Federation and it was really just like a, a submarine movie or it was a a courtroom drama. It was just them on the ship for the most part. You didn't have as many of those... Um, kind of get out of jail free cards that yes. it developed the the next generation era that basically Voyager, DS Nine, the TNG movies, mm-hmm. and Star Trek: The Next Generation, the series. Which let's say you have seven seven um, seasons of each of those, so you have twenty one seasons worth of television from just that time period. Plus, you have the four next generation movies. Like out of every era of Star Trek. That one right there is definitely the one that they, I guess, stayed around in the, in the longest, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. By the time Enterprise come around, came around, I, I when I was watching Voyager, I would even go, I've seen this episode. It was a Next Generation episode before. I liked what, the, I mean, the, I think the problem they ran into is they're just like, we're repeating ourselves. There's only so many stories I can tell with this, this set of variables mm-hmm. and not start going, okay, um... Let's do this. No, wait. They did that on Deep Space Nine. Uh, what about this? Oh, no, we did that the first season. We can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Enterprise was a fresh, interesting take. And, I mean, they stumbled along the way. I didn't I didn't love every episode of Enterprise. Right. But by the fourth season, when I think uh, Manny Cotto was the showrunner, it really hit its stride. Like, yeah. they, um, they did a Mirror Universe episode mm-hmm. where they steal... Um, it's not the enterprise, but it's the it's the same it's the same model mm-hmm. essentially as the the original like original 1960 Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So you actually have Enterprise 
stealing what looks like the original, and I know I keep saying the word Enterprise, Enterprise NX-01 is stealing the, basically stealing the NCC-1701. Just a fascinating episode. You finally got to the point that I felt like the writers and the showrunner understood what this show needed to be. Uh-huh. And about the time that happened, they were just like, and you're canceled. Yeah. I, well, again, baby, occupied. But there is a lot to love about Star Trek Enterprise. And much like Discovery, you don't have to know anything at all about Star Trek for Star Trek Enterprise. Because you're listening to... Binge or Cringe brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Allen talking with Adam Cravens about Star Trek, but not for 10 hours, although we could go that long. Oh, easy. Star Trek Enterprise is streaming on Hulu, owned by Disney, and it is worth your time. It's, to put it in, uh, I guess, a common vernacular, it's kind of a prequel but and, I, I don't want the negative connotation right, that most most fanboys right. get whenever you say the word prequel. Yes, it just along the timeline, it is the Enterprise, and it is the first time that the ship Enterprise goes out to explore. But chronologically, chronologically, but that's it. I mean, Vulcans are around, and we know that. And I mean, you touch on some of the stuff like they sort of encounter the Ferengi. They touch upon the fact, like, there's one episode that, like, there, there are even some Borg in there. Like, they, they have to be very careful. Yes. Because they, the, like, they distinctly state, like, later, they're like, this is the first contact. Like, I want to say, like, the Romulans even show up. Season four, like I said, yeah. really. The Romulans showed up because it was the guy with the ice pick from the X-Files, the alien yeah, ice pick guy. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it was, it was like, okay, TNG. As much as I love That's that show. next generation for people who don't know. As much as I love it. The first season of it Sucked. is awful. The, yeah. the, the, the second season really so isn't great. even that good. Star Trek The Next Generation does not get really good until season three. Like, And especially with the cliffhanger, Best of Both Worlds. Oh, that's extraordinary. The Next Generation really hits its stride. Basically, it would be like if they finally got to that point and like hit their stride and they are just going on all cylinders, people are finally saying, you know what, this is not just a shadow of the original series, this is its own thing, and Mm -hmm. this is really good. Mm -hmm. And instead of them getting to have a seven successful years and a movie run, they were just like, you're canceled. Mm -hmm. That I mean, that's good and all. We we love love what you did with Best of Both Worlds, and it's great, and it's it's probably two of the best hours of science fiction on television ever, but you don't get to do it anymore. Yeah, I, I, you and I have discussed this many times. We want our children to love all the good things, but we also know that we kind of go a little over the edge with some stuff. So if you show your kids something you really love and tell them how much you love it, out of spite, they'll hate it. Sometimes, they yeah. really will. So I, I took my time and I said, let's, let's watch Star Trek from the very beginning, next generation. I'm watching it, and then I'm going, oh, that's right. This really sucked. And it's it's really hard to get them to stay with it when it's like, it gets better after like 24 episodes. I mean, and to be fair, <laughs> I did not start with Next Generation with season one, episode one. Like, I went back after, like, I want to say I started watching it around the third season. So, like, Yeah, I didn't see the first one either when it came out because I was so, oh, I'm not going to watch that. Well, I was like, I, I'm I'm seven. 
That that was my problem. Oh, yeah. Like, I and was what just, was its first release year? Because I want to say... 1987. Okay. 1987. It was the same year that... Basically, Star Trek had a really good year because that's also the year we get Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Like, they're just hitting it on yeah. on, on everything. Um, but I I start watching it about season three. Like, and I... Mm-hmm. Which, three through seven are the best seasons of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Really get into the show. And finally... Like, as they're airing it in, like, reruns, like, at 9 o'clock on Fox 17, I finally get around to the first two seasons, and I'm like, these are not as good. But no, I've, already fallen in, and the- I've already fallen in love with the show at right. this point, so it's not me going, well, I'm not going to watch the rest. I've already watched the rest right. at this point. So I come back around, and I'm like, okay, well, I appreciate this because of where it got me, but I don't like this. Much in the same way, Deep Space Nine does not get really good. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're just, it feels like they're getting scripts that TNG was just like, this isn't good enough for us. Here. See, I made the same mistake with Babylon 5. Let's watch the first Babylon... Let's just jump into the Shadow Wars. You have to go and get through the growing pains, but like, whenever... Basically, whenever Cisco shaves his head and they start the Dominion stuff, Mm -hmm. that's when Deep Space Nine gets great. The first two seasons really just feel like bad TNG episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Voyager are... They're basically all bad. All all the years of Voyager. Are bad. Oh, they're not. They have good there's, moments. Listen, there are some good episodes, and I can tell you what those episodes are. But there's no reason to waste seven years, seven seven seasons on it. Like, and I've seen before. Anybody wants to smack, I've seen every episode of Voyager, which is why I can say that. Like, there's the one that's got. I think it's Michael McKeon as the oh, yeah. the clown. <laughs> that episode's brilliant. That is that episode is so good. I would put it. On par with the best of the original series. Like, it's that good of an episode. Scorpion is a fantastic endgame. Not the Avengers one. The Star Trek Voyager one is a great episode. They're not devoid of anything. But then again, we've got Star Trek original series. I'm a thrall. Come on. Kirk. Spock's it, brain. Yeah. I know. Listen, I know. They're not They're not all just Season three of the original episode. Not, not that much good stuff but a lot of unintentional comedy turnabout intruder yeah like yeah. i said i there the star trek the original series like especially when you look at everything that they have working against them mm-hmm. and the fact that it's become a kind of a cultural and television like staple that it has it's really impressive and if we don't get that third season, like if they cancel it, it never goes into syndication. Like right. we never get Star Trek: The Motionless Picture, which eventually leads us to Star <laughs> Trek Two: the, Ra- the Wrath of God. Yeah, it, it that has to happen that way for us to get to where everything else goes. The point is, Enterprise, Enterprise, is a good show, and they have this time traveling dude who it's very interesting in what they do with Archer because the time-traveling guy, whose name I've forgotten, is Ensign like... Daniels. Yeah. You have to do this because of what it's going to do for the rest of the universe. And Archer's like, I'm just interested in taking care of my people. It's it, it's, so, it's pretty music. Like, yeah. as much as you're used to James Kirk just going out there and like he's like, what? we got to steal whales? Yeah, I'll do that. I don't even care if it's for saving the universe. Yes. I'll steal a whale. Yeah. I don't care. Picard's sitting there just being like, well, we will talk to the whales. We will negotiate <laughs> with the whales. Like, Archer was fun, like I said, because he's a very different kind very. of captain. Like, and this, great. Like, they're... Because uh, Daniel sets up, like, the temporal Cold War, which mm-hmm. is a neat concept yeah. that I don't know if they ever fully capitalized on. But, like, his reaction is not just, yes, we must do this for the good of all mankind, for the universe. He's just like, no, nah, dude, I am... 
I'm flying the ship. Um, can you bother somebody else with your temporal nonsense? And he's just like, wait, 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 wait. What? You? No, no, I can't bother somebody else with this temporal nonsense. And so now I must complain mightily. So first of all, a little background. Um, how awesome is it to be Jeffrey Combs, you know? Because strand. he has been... He's been in Deep Space Nine, he's been on Voyager, he's been on Enterprise, and more, and he's he's not the same character. And I think that's so much fun. And what's even better about it is they're like Wayun in Deep mm-hmm. Space Nine, which is one of the characters... He, like he's not even a main character. And I like, know. I would almost watch a show just based on Wayun. Because Wayun is in it, and it's his voice is what. Or anyway, or, or Shran. Yeah. Well, we're talking Enterprise. Well, Shran should. Shran. If if season five became a thing, Shran needed to be added to mm-hmm. the cast of Enterprise. Obviously, like, Jeffrey Combs. Like he plays a Ferengi on Deep. Like all of his. When this guy showed up to work, like. If you saw him in the opening credits, you know something good was about to happen. Yes, and that's that's just very special. So in the last season of Enterprise, we see more of Jeffrey Combs as Shran, who is an Andorian. Those are the blue people. With, you with remember, the little, the remember teeny, how they tiny... had the thing and the antenna in Babel? Okay, whatever. And he, is, he is the most hateful Andorian. Yes. Ever. Like, just... You you want to hear this guy's reaction to whatever is teaches his kid to call them pink skin. The, you know, in the same way that John Delancey was a joy, no matter how many times he showed up uh. or where he showed up as Q. Like it for very different reasons. Like Jeffrey Combs is way or not not way on, um as Shran in Star Trek Enterprise was a delight. I I was excited every time he was on the show. So as we get to the final two episodes, we have more and more him, which is fine. And uh, we come to a scene where I realize the writers have have really lost it. And I was already annoyed with them to begin with, with this very last episode. And you have uh, Captain Archer... And you have his good friend Trip. They've been friends for a long time, which, by the way, they beat that dead horse. In case you hadn't watched the other seasons, this is how long they've known each other. And this is how important they are to each other. It's like set up much. They they have dinner like in I the know. captain's quarters. I think every episode. <laughs> I know. They were just the last episode of Enterprise. It was like, did you forget this happened? It was so irritating. But Trip has a certain way of responding to things and acting, acting. And all of a sudden, you have these five aliens who are just like, oh, let's put their ridges vertically and make them look different. It's like, we have no idea who these aliens are or what, what they are because all of a sudden they're here. And all of a sudden, they, they're on the Enterprise. It's like, no, they're not. It's like, they can't all five of them just beam on. I mean, I have some issues with this. And then you have Trip. I'm acting strangely, and I want to say kind of spazzing out at them in a way that is unlike how he usually acts in such a way. And in order to save the captain, he ends up killing himself and all of them, but not killing himself on purpose, but he just happened to be in the way of the explosion. And it's like, they really just killed him, didn't they? Huh. 
And he acted. The scene was jarring in that it didn't seem right. If you have ever heard the two of us, or like we've we've actually reviewed it on our our sister podcast, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. We're not opposed to characters being killed. Like Spock's death in that movie is poignant. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's lasting. And like even though I know that they undo it, the film after, I can still watch the scene that he dies and go, this this is still powerful. Even though I know it isn't lasting, when I watched Trip die, I it really was just the wait, what, what did you just do? Right, and the way he's talking to the aliens, it's his character doesn't handle himself like that, and it. Connor Trenier didn't do a bad job. It's just the script they were handed kind of sucked, and the whole episode is Riker is there, and now he. He's the chef. And I was like, they don't have a chef. Chef is a, a character that is referred to in the series, but is never seen. Mm-hmm. So you're you're kind of getting to fill it in. Like Riker is essentially looking at Enterprise in the holodeck on the Enterprise that was featured on The Next Generation. So he can make a decision about, I don't even know what. It's I was pe- so annoyed. The episode of the Pegasus from... Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. That that's the it's weird that it's taking place an episode within an episode because he is having to basically lie to Picard because one of his former captains is telling him that you can't do this. And they use it as a springboard for why he makes the decision that he does in that episode, which like I said, if it's any other episode but the final episode, is a really interesting Correct. concept. It is. And I yes, very much so. But what a disservice to the rest of the cast. That have been here for four years. Like this is their story and they don't even get to tell their story right. in their last episode. So you get to the very end and oh we're gonna kill Trip off, but Archer's gonna get there to make his speech. And then you have Troy going, you know, I had to memorize that. It's like, well, then let's hear it. Nah. And it's over. I mean, because I, I want to say it takes place like seven or eight years, maybe maybe 10, ten years after that. And I'm just sitting there going, you know what would have been great if we would have just got to see all this happen as as it as it happened. Yes. And, and I understand that when I say happened as it happened, I'm talking about a fictional, you the fictional history. It means a lot to us. Um, I would have loved to have seen like the them get a seven year run, them actually get up to the formation of the Federation. Like basically, they just get to tell us in narration. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, they had great voyages. Uh, uh, you know, it was a uh, uh, no man had gone there before. Uh, brand new planets and stuff. It was great, and they formed the Federation. Let's go. Like they they re the, the kind of the thing the the seed that planted. This entire series saying you get to watch the formation of the Federation. We really we we got the setup for a ton of Mm -hmm. it. And then they were just they pulled the rug. It's like watching if you would watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and then they never made Return of the Jedi. But somebody told you, oh, yeah, well, there's a lightsaber battle and Sidious dies. They're like, well, well, what else happened? And they're like, nah, I mean, stuff happened. Yeah, they got over. there. Like, you really, it's like only getting to watch two-thirds of, like, your favorite movie, and then it gets turned off before you get to the climax. And the show, like, legitimately, like, even if you look at Critical Reception, the fourth season was easily their best mm-hmm. season. And I want to say that we're almost talking about Solo the movie. 
it's worth your time. Enterprise is better than Soul the movie, but it's worth your time. It, it really is. It is. As long as you will keep in mind that, it, it, much in the same way that Firefly was taken from us before <sighs> it should have, though at least at least Enterprise got four seasons. Firefly like four episodes. barely barely got twelve episodes, and they didn't even air the last one. Like so, Fox w- was not kind to science fiction in the early two thousands, and neither was UPN. Um, I I I desperately hate that it feels like they before they even considered like going. Well, we can. This horse doesn't need to die. Like, let's not send it to the glue factory. We can. Boom! What did you do? Oh no! Mm-hmm. The you, did you just shoot the horse? Yeah. So they're not all gems, but Enterprise is genuinely it's solid. Worth, it's worth your time, and especially removed from like. I don't. I don't know why people wanted to dislike it. Maybe it's because the internet was still new to us, and they just wanted something to complain about. Yeah, and, people are awful. And it was three years in between, like Star Wars prequels, so we had to complain about something. But I was not the. I, I was didn't the, complain about it. I've uh, like legitimately. Oh. I was the one defending them on message boards. I don't mean that as a metaphor. I was defending this show on on message boards, just being like, "Y'all are dumb. Y'all, y'all dumb." Mm-hmm. So, chronologically, if you, uh, you know, you took the time to watch all of the Marvel movies in order. So, if you wanted to see all the Star Trek TV shows, you would start with Enterprise, and then Discovery, and then the original series. Though, though, as an odd bit, um, okay, with Discovery, if we're doing this chronologically. Season three of Discovery, you're going to have to put way, way at the end because apparently they jump like 3,000 years into the future or whatever. So even even when we're like, that's the only show I can think of where like the first two are in, you know, like, you know, 2270 or 2470 or whatever. And now this one's like, oh, yeah, we're in the year 4000. We're way, way out there. I could admit it, and I'm sure that you did this too, but there was a time in your life where you only wrote the date in Star Trek dates form. I would, I, I've yeah. Stardate 49987.2. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've, no, I've never done that. And then when computers were new and you could, this is crazy, buy fonts. Oh, man. I went crazy with Star Wars and Star Trek fonts, and I wanted everything in Star Wars and Star Trek fonts. When I think about it, and I don't know, say it out loud, it sounds so pathetic, and yet it's true. Listen, my computer looked like an L Cars, okay? Like, the only thing it couldn't do was it was a touchscreen, and I couldn't just be like, computer, <laughs> computer. I, 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 was, I was right there with you. Like, my, my desktop in college legitimately had an L Cars theme. L Cars... Stands for like library computer and retrieval system, which is the one that Star Trek The Next Generation had on all of their computers. But because, you knew that. Because nobody, no, I'm not, not nobody, not everyone knows what LCARS is. And I say that. And after I say it, I'm just like, wait, everyone doesn't know that. It's, it's like in my head, I know what my social security number is. But not everybody knows what my social security number is. For a long time, both Adam and I, uh, when texting and you could assign a sound to your text, I know both of us went through a period of having it be the boop, Star boop, Trek. Boop, 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 boop. The, the original, the, yeah. the chirp that comes. And is that a bird? If you were standing there when I did it, I even like would try to flip it out when somebody did that, just so I could get that that, that Kirkian swagger. Just yes. Boop, boop, boop. 
Adam here. And uh, even even though text talk to text did not work, I was really just saying Adam here to my phone to no one. So many people wanted to know why I had that weird bird noise on, and I would just get disgusted so easily, even more easily than I do, do now. now. And it's and that's saying a lot. I had to remove the sound because I just couldn't handle it when people didn't know what it was. It literally made me want to explode. Oh, I I, I loved it. I, just, <laughs> I, I wrapped myself up in a warm blanket. When when I got to the point that like people didn't know what I was talking about, like I I just I used it as fuel. Like I I, I had that thing until because it was on my droid. Oh, 3. and I and I had like the beaming in sound. I had the doors opening. I had red alert. My entire phone was tricked out. That's what my alarm to wake up was like the the red alert klaxon like going yeah. off. And Sad. some sometimes whenever I would wake up, even in my head, I would just go shields up. <laughs> We amuse ourselves. Anyway, so Enterprise, it's on Hulu, and all the Star Treks are on Hulu. Yes? No? Most uh, of CBS them? All Access has all of the Star Treks. I don't know that Hulu has all of them. Well, but it has all of Enterprise. If you if you want to see any of the, like, Discovery, Picard, Next Generation, the original series, DS9, Voyager, and I'm assuming Enterprise, because I've been, I've been going right. back through Next Generation because that's my comfort food. Like... Mm-hmm. If if I don't feel like experiencing anything new and I don't want like any surprises, I know every episode of like pretty much every day. Like I'm just sitting there going back and like th- like the episode Darmok. Like I'm just sitting there with my kids, go- like quoting it line for line. And this is something I watched 30 years ago. I'm just going Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, and they're <laughs> like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" And I'm just like, "We d- uh, j- hush, just listen, watch this episode. It's fantastic." I had an entire conversation with myself the other day when I was raking, and I noticed that I'd raked this thing into the shape of a horta, and I wanted to say no kill I, but I did to myself, but no one was around. I thought I should really, no, I'm not going to tell anybody. I get, I get mad when I make great, great jokes about what are probably too closed of an audience <laughs> subjects, and then no one reacts. Because my audience, for the best, the most part, is my family. And, like, I forget that all of my kids were not born in the 1990s or 1980s. And it's they, annoying, And they it? have they have no idea what I'm talking about, even though I know exactly when they're born. Um, but, again, as much as I know my Social Security number, why does everyone not know what's in my head? And it irritates me because I'll just be like, yeah, well, oh, that's And why. sadly, our kids want us to know dumb stuff that they watch, and it's not interesting, and I don't care. They'll just be like, Dad, TikTok, and I'll just, I'll be, I, I'll just be like, no, okay. never. I can watch animals on TikTok all day. Or, or they'll just be like, look at this YouTube channel, and I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. No. Can't. No. Jane and I were doing that for years, and we didn't get YouTube money. Still don't. The money's. The pretzel monies. Do you have the pretzel monies? The pretzel monies. (laughs) There's another show we could do a podcast. Yeah, we could. Good old Simpsons. Anyway, so uh, Enterprise, watch it. Thank you for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.